every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Big thanks to the title sponsor of The Big Show, that's Big O. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires and save up to $150 off Big O brand tires with your Big O credit card now through May 31st. Big O Tires, the team you trust. What's going on where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network, but we're not doing that today. We're changing it up, Gordo. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm eager. We're going uh, uh, with clips from the press conference today that was rather lengthy with the new Pac-12 commissioner, George Klyovkov. George Klyovkov. Um, we will not be playing all 40 minutes, but we thought we'd go through some clips. Let's uh, let's start off with this, uh, because this is probably the biggest immediate question facing the league, Gordon. How to fix football and the television deal. Yeah, no, thank you for that question. As you can imagine, I anticipated that question. I'm putting on my reading glasses because I wrote down a few notes because there's a lot to talk about here. So, listen, success in football is really important to the Pac-12, so I'm going to spend a few minutes going through this. Uh, I'll start by stating my deep belief that the Pac-12 can consistently compete and win for both football and men's basketball titles without jeopardizing our shared commitment to academic excellence or the well-being of the student-athletes. Uh, My work on football will begin, as I mentioned, with meetings with the ADs and coaches and with my new colleagues at the conference office. I I believe personally the solution to elevating Pac-12 football is a combination of addressing structural issues and a more focused approach on recruiting. So starting with the structural changes, as I mentioned in my prepared remarks, uh, I'll be pushing to expand the college football playoffs. I believe that it's not good for college football and for the vast majority of college football fans when 20 of the 28 CFP bids, 71%, go to just four schools. Think about the fact that in almost any NCAA sport, an athlete has a 18 to 25% chance of participating in their sports postseason every year. In football, that number is 3% because of the current structure. I take a lesson from this year's men's basketball tournament. The lead eight teams included six-seat USC, 11-seat UCLA, and 12-seat Oregon State. We just need chances. Structurally, we also need to review and address non-conference and conference scheduling, game times, and any other competitive decisions made at the conference level. Everything is up for review to make us more competitive. I want to be clear about that. Finally, on structure, we're going to invest to create standardized technology at the conference level to share with the teams to help the schools recruit and be more competitive on the field. With respect to recruiting and being competitive in recruiting, I think there are lessons to be learned from uh, public and private institutions that make their lifeblood on being able to retain and attract great talent. I think we have to learn some of these lessons, particularly perhaps from our Silicon Valley friends. We need to make sure that high school athletes understand the lifetime value of a Pac-12 education. We need to be more aggressive about teaching the legacy of the Pac-12 as the Conference of Champions. At the conference level, we will invest to give Pac-12 athletes, football players, and others an opportunity to create a bigger social platform 
We believe video creation and other tools help the athletes. And once NIL comes into effect, uh, that will help the athletes substantially. Finally, we will be a proponent of consistent and a fair approach to name, image, and likeness legislation. And we believe that's a competitive advantage for the Pac-12 because of the markets we play in and the opportunity that some athletes will have to start immediately. All right, there you go. His, his thoughts, and he did prepare those. He knew he was going to get asked about football. Um, I'll, I'll start here, Gordon, and this is maybe uh, PTSD from Larry Scott, but it's one thing to point out problems. It's another thing to come up with solutions. Yes. So I think it's really easy to stand up there and say, well, we have some things to fix when it comes to football. And when he was asked about some of the specifics, he couldn't answer that because he hadn't studied it out yet. Because he probably doesn't know, yeah. Which might be a, a fib. I mean, I think he has thought about what what's going on. There's a political game here as well because he has to deal with uh, the powers that be in college football who supposedly are already considering some expansion to the playoff. And I think he feels like he needs to play ball here a little bit and see. But I like his idea about expanding that. I think every conference champion should get in. You and I, I, I do we disagree on that or do we agree? I, I don't know. Uh, no, I like the the concept of uh, every conference champion getting in, and then maybe I think three at large teams, uh, and then yeah, because when he talked about the percentages of the student athletes who have a shot to participate in the postseason, uh, and in this case he was limiting that to the college football playoff, I believe he uh, you know they, the the college football side of it is three percent as opposed to others that are as many as 40%. So uh, th- that made some sense to me. But then the Pac-12, and he admitted this, needs to get better at football. And you and I talked about that earlier. There's a whole lot of responsibility in that attempt uh, that goes far beyond just uh, the commissioner. All right, up next, he talks about the Pac-12 network and how that anchor fits into his plans. I think media rights is just one of the big opportunities in, in front of us. Uh, I think we have several years to figure it out, but I think one of the first things is to determine when to start those renegotiations. Um, with respect to the PAC-12 network, I believe it's part of the future of our media distribution strategy. Uh, today, the PAC-12 network has far fewer subscribers than any other comparable network, and we have to fix that. I think there's a way to fix that through structuring and relationships but we have to get the Pac-12 network distributed every place on every platform that our fans want to be able to consume that content. I also think about um, the the media rights in the Pac-12 network as being a small slice of the media rights that we can create and distribute. There are some very obvious and perhaps not so obvious ideas to optimize the revenue from distribution of our content and slicing and dicing that content. It's candidly what I've done at many of my previous roles with great success. Uh, but just to be clear, I'm not going to get into those ideas before doing the work to validate them. Translation, if I will. Yeah, go ahead. He's going to sell it, and he should sell it. And this next oh, that's me- interesting. this next round of media uh, rights negotiations, the Pac-12 Network will be in those, and they'll sell it to somebody who knows how to run a television network and take it off the plate of the conference. Interesting, because they have no business being in the TV business. That, I hadn't thought of that. That's how you fix distribution. You sell it to the ESPN. 
who then twists the arm of the carriers, and all of a sudden, magically, you I mean, look into the uh, the SEC network. You get that everywhere. Or uh, with Fox, the Big Ten got in bed with Fox, and we're nowhere near the Big so, Ten footprint, so and they, I can get that at my house. So just to make this clear, when he says it's part of the strategic or the strategy for the conference, it is to unload it. To sell it. <laughs> and, and, you know, get money – Get yourself out of the, the, the TV business. Let somebody else have that headache. And, yeah, they're going to take a, a, bite of the, a bite of the, you know, apple, so to speak, or they're going to take a piece, probably the majority of it. But, hey, it's, it's costing them way more than it's worth now. What did you think of the fact that uh, after in the run-up to this hire, you had heard stories about how, you know, Larry Scott really wasn't a college sports guy uh, with that kind of background that they kind of go out and do the same thing all over again by hiring this guy. A little bit. In fact, uh, excellent lead into our next clip, uh, Gordon. This is from Dr. Schill, who's the president uh, at Oregon. And uh, he was uh, he's head of the whatever they call that committee, the VIP search or whatever. Uh, But here's uh, Dr. Schill uh, talking about going with somebody without a college sports background. So we were looking at a broad array of, of candidates, some of whom had college experience in terms of being athletic directors, some who didn't, and we, we judged each one. Uh, and I think that the major consideration that we had was who was going to, one, put our student welfare, uh, the, uh, the, the activities, Uh, that take place on campuses, who had the values of the Pac-12 first, who was going to do that, and two, who was going to be able to set us up for the future. And I mentioned that in my remarks. It is very important that we're not just focused on tomorrow. The world is changing so dramatically that we need a forward thinker. And I think that we all in talking with George and in talking with each of the candidates, uh, really spent a lot of time thinking about the future, talking about the future. And we just felt that George had both the ability to handle the here and now, the values that we all share as part of the PAC-12, which we think are exceptional values, and the ability to sort of see the future and help us adapt to the future. So, in other words, if we're translating, he can make us a bunch of money, and that's all. The rest, the rest of all that stuff was was one hundred percent just fluff. And am I oh, the, the only? Oh, the uh, the whole uh, what 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 word did he use? The uh, the moral uh, the uh, <laughs> vision. But did we not hear the same garbage about Larry Scott? Yeah, kind of. Into the future. No, that that dude has one job and one job only. <laughs> and that's make stuff. as much money. As can possibly be made. Bilk as much cash out of uh, whatever company he can find, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Okay, so let me ask you this one. What do you think about his background, his association with sports betting? Yeah, they're going to find a revenue stream there. He said, though, the commissioner said, um, number one, though, would be complete moral integrity. All right, let's uh, let's get to one more here. Um, here's uh, here's George talking about when he wanted the job and why he will be good at it. Yep. So you don't grow up 
as uh, a fan of sports and an athlete without thinking of becoming a commissioner somewhere someday? So the answer is very, very young. Um, I, I was surprised to get the call. I was delighted to get the call. I did the work necessary to determine that this was a great fit for me, but also more importantly, that I thought I could significantly contribute to the future of the Pac-12 conference. Uh, I'm going to measure my success against those three criteria that I uh, spoke about at the end of my prepared remarks. Um, uh, that's the immediate three opportunities. We're going to focus on those. Uh, the opportunities will change over time. And we will reset uh, the field goals. But for now, those are the three opportunities I'm looking at. Dreams of a young lad <laughs> to, to one day be conference commissioner. Who thinks that? No one. I hate stuff like that. <laughs> Whoever, you know, yeah, when you were a kid, when I was hitting that grand slam, you know, or when you were a deep to right field. Teenager playing against yeah, yeah, fourth graders. Yeah, I thought, graders. you know, one day I'm going to be a conference commissioner. One day I am going to be Bud Selig. This guy was a rower. What school did he go to, was it? Some Ivy League school? Uh, oh. No, I, that stuff is just funny. Well, when I was, what young boy doesn't? <laughs> Dream of one day becoming a commissioner. Uh, eager, everyone eager young minds. But you know, whatever. <laughs> if we if we lined up six uh, ten six year olds right here and asked them what is a commissioner, how many of them would know? Right. None of them. No. See, the thing about it is uh, that we're sort of making fun of the things he said, and it's an important job, but it's just couched in hypocrisy. You well, know? the problem is, is because because it... what's the truth here is how much money can he make us? Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Well, and, and, and Larry Scott failed miserably in that regard. And he was so full of it. I, I feel bad because he kind of ruined it for this new guy, in my opinion, because they just disregard like everything these guys say for the most part. <laughs> the show is so just fluffy and nice and whatever. Let's see what you well, do. What's he supposed to do? Get up there and say, you know, I didn't really want this job. I think the job sucks. But they offered me so much money that I decided, all right, I'll do it. And so suddenly, you know, I remembered back to when I was 12 years old and thought uh, while I was rowing down the Schuylkill River or something, I, I thought, you know, one day I want to be commissioner. Why? Because they're paying me a bunch of money. I don't know. It, it, and kind of the, the very cynical part of me is so these these presidents, these academics who supposedly have the best interests of their universities in mind, you know, their universities are ask, actually asking for something. And do they go with, oh, putting cash in our pockets or hiring somebody that's going to manage these universities? And they, of course, of course, they pick the guy who's going to put cash in their pockets. <laughs> now, maybe that's the right choice. All right. But let me just tell you, I'm not surprised that they made it. Well, every other conference commissioner is doing the same thing. Right. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's the wrong choice, but all it those, is. All those eager young minds, you know, turned to, to uh, you know, they were profitable. But did you ever have a doubt, honestly? Did you ever have a doubt if you've got candidate A and candidate B? And candidate A is going to run a, a well-oiled machine and really communicate with the campus, campuses and, and really try to better athletic departments, or you have candidate B who's going to get uh, as uh, going to be more advantageous, uh, advantageous in negotiation and going to make more money. Did you ever have any doubt? They were never picking candidate A. You know, that might be true for almost every business of every kind. But America. again, this is not a business. And I happen to believe in amateurism. 
in the mission of college sports. Let's see, that's your problem. I hate amateurism. <laughs> Pay those college how is athletes. That, how is that my problem that I, I hold, uh, I have ideals for what college athletics is? You're living in a fantasy land. It's not a fantasy it land. Is. It, is. it is not a fantasy land. Everybody gets so focused on the point. One percent of college athletes that are good enough to make a living doing it, and forget about all the lives that are bettered by college athletics. For well, that does happen, but it it's, happens but thousands it's not, and thousands of times a year. Not a what year. Pays the bill. So who cares about the bill? Well, <laughs> we're we're, we're talking about in college sports. We're talking cares about, about student athletes, and oh. that's something that I have. You can roll your eyes, but it's something that I happen to believe in. Okay. And I do uh, think of the the rower at an Ivy League school who got an opportunity to go to that school Listen, because of their athletic ability. I, I believe There's that. value Look, in that. I understand that. You're talking to the father of a bunch of girls who uh, who played college sports in in uh, you know things like tennis. Uh, you know, I mean, I I see the value for them. Yes, and I'm but, someone who says all the time, "Who cares about the bill?" But but <laughs> but we're talking about what makes all of it function. And that is money. Right. But should that be the priority of university presidents? Well, it is. Whether it should be or not, it is. Should it be? Well, if you're going to go back to that level, then you've got to roll everything back. You've got to roll everything back. Because without the money, who would be motivated to make it happen? Make what happen exactly? To make college sports work. You know, the experience. <laughs> okay. And right. why is it about the why is it about so, price tag? All I'm saying is is why does money in college sports have to be the number one priority all the time? Why do you think I mean how about if we went to every college football coach and said, Coach, I want you to roll your salary back to to eh, how about eighty grand? You know, but in order to do so, you got you got you know, in order to make this whole thing uh, kind of what's the word? What's the word? Uh, worthy to make it a worthy pursuit. Everyone's got to take a huge pay cut. The only reason college coaches are making so much money is because the sport makes that much money off the backs of the kids who aren't getting paid that much of anything, amongst a lot of other things. But yeah, right. But why does it have to be the number one end-all, be-all priority? And I and I do. But it know, is, you but, know, it but is. But look yeah. at these these athletic departments and universities. They, they're just, hey, could you spend more money if we could get it for you? Oh yeah, of course <laughs> we could. I mean, it's that kind of mentality. Why does it have to be priority number one? That's all. All right, stay tuned. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision. Their spring LASIK sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call today, 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or or with a hybrid workforce, get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. 
Jazz lose last night at the Blazers, 105-98. If your name wasn't Jordan Clarkson, shooting was an issue uh, last night for the Utah Jazz. As a good friend of Gordon's once said, ball didn't go in the hoop. Quinn Snyder uh, talked about that fact. We've played well. You know, we won five in a row at home. You know, last night we took a game. We were down to the last possession. I think sometimes when the when the ball doesn't go in, you know, it, it has an impact on you. And, and that's, you know, that's something that, you know, we always talk about trying to play through that and keep attacking. But it has a tendency to kind of to impact. And, and I think you, you, you can see that. So we just have to keep at it and keep helping each other and keep playing together. Bottom of the hour jazz updates brought to you by our friends at Syringa Networks. Next up, uh, jazz only have two regular season games left uh, starting tomorrow night against Oklahoma City. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, I have some breaking football news, Gordon. Kind of. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Lisa Wilson has made her Instagram account private. After uh, making headlines for a couple of days, Gordon. And now to the newsroom with our Instagram reporter. <laughs> Ranting about Disneyland and Snapchat. Uh, she has now made her Instagram account pri- uh, private. You know, Lisa will have to be careful. New York will eat her alive, you know, if she's not. She's pretty outspoken. She's a star. Just ask her. What? You've got a weird look on your face well, right now. I what, mean, what, what's cooking in what, that what, noggin? What, 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 okay. What do you mean she's a star? Uh, she's she's out there. She's a, what do they call it, a, an influencer. You're more dialed into the Instagram world than me. I really don't participate that much, uh, but uh, I like it ever at all. But I, I just think, uh, you know, it's a big wide world out there, and sometimes things are different than what you might think they are, you know. And I'm not going to sit here and, and, and be condescending from a standpoint. I'm sure she knows how the world works, but New York ain't Draper. What's I, the- I hate that I know this. She's done this before. After Zach's freshman season at BYU, she made everything private, uh, uh-huh. social media-wise. And I think it was like a month, and then she had new non-private accounts, public accounts. What was how, how, Over under a month and a half before that happens there. Oh, I, I hope under. <laughs> but um, <laughs> you said there was some following, unfollowing drama, though? There awesome. was. Uh, the New York media, of course, was all over this, uh, that after she... Posted said before mentioned uh, posts about masks at Disney World and how the blah 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 that Zach unfollowed her Instagram account. Then she deleted those posts and he refollowed her Instagram account. And so, again, I hate that I know that. So 
is this going to be a situation where Zach is troubled by what his mom is up to? Well, you know, he's also in the news today for kind of following your mom's footsteps with masks and sort of things. So oh, all right. I don't Explain know. Explain that one. Well, he wore a mesh fake mask like she did on her flight and at Disney World and bragged about it. He wore a fake mesh mask to the NFL draft and has been exposed for doing so. So I think that he's aligned in the think thought process of his mother, but perhaps his agent and others are saying you kind of maybe want to distance yourself a little bit. Uh, did did anybody else notice that mom got a hug on draft night before a girlfriend? I was dialed into that. Was oh I didn't I didn't no? notice. Yeah, mom was getting hugged first. I I learned that night he had a girlfriend. That was news to me. I brought you in the world. I'll take you out of it. Is that what you're going with? I I just hope this has a nice ending. It know? won't. Nice it, ending. What do you because define people- nice ending? Some people think they, they, they want to build this big name, and I know that there are these influencers who make a, a living off of this, and I, I get all that. But, man, when you have a kid who is, has the opportunity that Zach has, sometimes it's best just to back away a little bit and let him grow into what his opportunity is without becoming part of the story like that. But how is that going to make her famous? That's why she is famous. Hey, it's all about it's all about the brand, man. You've got attention, you got to get out there and maximize it. No, you don't. Everybody likes to uh, throw shade at LeVar Ball. That man is brilliant. No, don't listen. Brilliant. Uh, look, if Zach goes out and plays well, he'll be a sports hero. Are you kidding me in New York? Let him let him do his either let him flourish. Don't don't come in and throw sh- your own shadow over the whole thing. I'm fine with it. As long as here's here's where the line is, I would say. Remember when uh when TJ Fortet was going after the head coach? <laughs> Just don't do that. <laughs> well, I mean Don't do that. Don't that don't, could happen. Don't call the head coach a moron. Just, you know, stick to complaining about Disneyland. When, and, well, and by the way, if if he ever wins a Super Bowl, how awkward is the uh, I'm going to Disney World the moment gonna be? I don't I don't know. Oh all I know is that uh, he's got enough on his plate right now without having to worry about that. And when he was asked about it by that one guy who was asking about his mom's looks and all this stuff. He he dismissed it inside of like ten seconds. He wanted nothing to do with that. He doesn't want to deal with this. Stuff. Do you want anybody asking you about your mom's looks? Yeah, but if your mom is, is throwing <laughs> is herself something that you out want? there for everyone, I mean, I I'm trying to concentrate on football here. You can concentrate on football. She's getting famous. This is coming from the man who loves Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You're darn right. And why do you think there was probably a, a line of thousands of women clamoring to get on that show? <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to. I'm not casting any kind of judgment here on anybody. But uh, what kind of folks want, were clamoring to get on the show? I don't know, folks. I'm sure, they well, had. Oh, a, were they regular folks like Joe and Jill Sixpack, or were they people who were? Hungry for for the spotlight, which is my entire point. I know, and but I'm that sure there make were it, plenty to pick that, from. That doesn't make it, it virtuous. I mean, do you think uh, what do you, what do you think was better for Coach Shaw's career? 
keep things as is or for his wife to go on the Real Housewives? Keep things as is. Yeah. What happened? Well, I mean, yeah, but it wasn't good. That's what I'm saying. Was it good for who? She's famous. <laughs> well, maybe that that was coming regardless. Yeah, so she might be going to jail. Maybe. Maybe prison is in her future. She's but She's probably not the uh, cast member you want to use as your success story here. She's Jake, famous. Jake, what, yeah. are you, what are you looking for here? What do you want? The FBI out of knows folks? all about her. Hey, who am I to tell that they can't go maximize their exposure? I'm fine with it. Just don't, just don't uh, leave the football out of it. <laughs> well, that's a very big part of it. Not which her is part. the problem. That's right. She's hijacking the whole thing. Yeah, but the more spotlight she gets, the more he gets too. Uh, yeah, but is it the kind of spotlight that's going to further your career, or is it going to burn you? Do I have to remind you where Lonzo Ball was picked? Yeah, yeah. I'm and that not... he hand-picked the team who drafted him? Yeah, but Even I, though he not, was an average player at best? I don't consider that a success story. That's I a don't... huge success story, yeah, literally resulting in millions of dollars. Oh, uh, yeah, but his, 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 his guys are going to make a lot of money no matter what, based on their performances. He had one. He has one son that's not going to make it. <laughs> okay, the other two are quite good. There's no way Lonzo was going number two, unless that circus existed. And and you know what? He duped Buck Johnson and got Buck to pick him. <laughs> it worked. He's brilliant, brilliant. And they had their own reality thing. See, your your uh, your definition of success and mine are apparently different. Yeah, you're limiting yourself. I am, but I'm living there, a happy life. I'm not going to be chewed up by but, the New York media. But there's a reason that LeBron James made, what, like $35 million last year in salary, but his take-home was 94 Yeah, I mean, look, it, it depends on what you're looking for. What are you looking for? Right now, if I'm part of the Wilson family, and it's really none of my business, but since we're talking about this, I am concentrating on having Zach – have the best opportunity possible for success. I don't want I don't want to do anything that is going to detract or distract from that. What for my own moment in the spotlight? Yeah. Cash money, money and fame, Gordon. Wait for him to do something and then if he's successful maybe you can jump on that train. This isn't about him doing something. This is her doing something. Yeah, but it's 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 okay. It's it could be short lived. It could be. So you strike now while the iron's hot. <laughs> She's Why? like front page news. Yeah, but so what? Is that a good thing? Absolutely. Man, Jake, really? You would want Naz to put herself through that? If she wanted to. Yeah, but sometimes what if she doesn't think she wants to, but she really doesn't? I'm not reading her mind. She can do what she wants to do. <laughs> Okay, all right. I I just I just from a f family standpoint, I would uh, I would advise caution. Well, I don't pay, tell people how to raise their kids, so Lisa will though, <laughs> not Lisa Munson. Lisa, Lisa Wilson. Wilson. That's kind of what we do here is we tell people what to do or think, right? Uh, no, never. I just share my opinions. I'm I never, hate that I'm we never have to qualify which Lisa we're talking about. Uh, that's true. I never tell anybody what to think. Uh, I'll tell people what I think. <laughs> you sure do. And you think it's wonderful. You think all sorts of wrong things. It doesn't mean that uh, I'm going to tell you what to do. 
Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying when a team wins by 25, you don't need to complain about the turnovers. That's it. <laughs> okay. 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 Uh, I think most of our listeners probably get what I'm saying. You know? <laughs> I don't think I don't think most of our listeners are you know are attention grabbing you know gold diggers. That was aggressive. What are you saying that about our listeners or Lisa Wilson? <laughs> no, I said most of them aren't, and and you seem to think that's a good idea. People are out there trying to make their way in this world, Gordon. I'm not going to criticize it. Knock yourself out, Lisa Wilson. <laughs> that wasn't aimed at Lisa Wilson. That was aimed at you. <laughs> What, now you're insulting me again? <laughs> he just course. called you a gold digger. <laughs> no, you think well, it's a I good really idea. suck at it. You, you, were, you're, you think it's a good idea. Because why? Because in your sick and twisted mind, you enjoy this kind of entertainment. You think I'm talking on the radio because I don't like attention? If Lisa Wilson goes out there and, and does something and gets all, gets lambasted, you know what I mean, uh, by by the New York media, then, you know, that's that's not good for her. That's good for you because you're entertained by it. It's good for her. She's in the news. There's no such <laughs> Being thing. Being in the news doesn't mean it's good. There's no such thing as bad press, man. Okay. All right. And then you stack up those followers and then all of a sudden people are paying you hundreds of thousands of dollars to wear like a wristwatch or something like I don't know. I didn't design this new world. I'm just or say a mesh mask that does nothing. I'm just a, a, a personality on a dying medium here. Don't ask me about being an, in, an influencer of any sort. You still have to carve out another 20 years. Wait, our medium is dying? <laughs> no, that's what they've been saying about radio since the 50s, though. And it's since still Philo is, invented it, huh? still is here and killing it. I thought Philo did the TV. He did. Oh. But when Philo brought about the TV, everybody said, well, nobody's going to listen to the radio anymore. Not true. Jake, you want to sacrifice good souls out there just for your own pleasure. You gold digger. I, I have never made any bones about my priorities. <laughs> that much is true. First priority, you're looking at them. <laughs> so you're that kind of hey, person. Hey, I'm Jake Scott. You're that kind of person that would have to be paid to get vaccinated because then it's all about the money. As opposed to contributing in a positive way, in a good way to your community as a whole? Well, I am a little bent out of shape. I already did it because am I eligible for the money? I don't know. Is that what Governor's saying? Oh, I don't know. That's I have the same problem because why did I get the yeah. vaccine for the right reasons if the wrong reasons get you paid? Yeah, that's stupid. I should maybe, have just held out for a little maybe while. Maybe if you longer. got the vaccine, you could maybe uh, work a, a tax break or something. If that's been offered, wonderful. But. If if getting the vaccine for the right reasons earns me nothing, and the one getting the vaccine for the wrong reasons earns them hundreds of dollars, seems a little backwards. We go to war. Stay tuned. More next. Ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The zone. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 128 The Zone. Time for a market update brought to you by the good folks at Tri-Day Trading. Now, anybody can be a day trader. Check them out, TriDayTrading.com. Gordon, how did the markets do today? Bounce back day today, Jake. All right. It's been a little bit of a rough week after some record-breaking stuff in previous weeks. But um, the Dow today 
came back strong, nearly 434 points. Oh, yeah. The NASDAQ was up 93.3 points. Ba-bing, ba-bing. And the S&P up over 49 points. Oh, baby, baby. All right. All Gordon today. No, Chester. With the, with the drops. All Chester That was today. Chester. That yeah. was Chester weighing in. What happened to Chester? We don't hear from him much anymore. I hear from his PO all the time. His parole officer. You know, we used to have zone girls back in the day, uh, uh, a long time ago. And one of the zone girls, I'm trying to remember, I feel foolish now not remembering her name because she, she was with the station a long time. You're not, Heather, reha- you're not rehashing the same story, are you? Is this something else? No, no, I'm just saying she okay. was a parole officer. That was her oh, game. Was she really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's a, she was a, a Oh, PO. that's a job I'd never want. She was interesting to talk to. She had, she had, uh, yeah. Remember she had her cuffs with her once? I I don't remember that, no. Uh, but, yeah, she yeah, was she was interesting to talk to. That was Don't a, mess with her, man. She'll, uh, yeah, she was, she was actually fun to talk to because of her varied experiences. Yeah, so there you go. Shout out to, to Heather out there. Would it be appropriate work. to have zone girls now if we had zone boys too? Mm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. It was a different time, wasn't it? Yeah, they probably scrapped that whole thing for a reason. Although we uh, we did meet some very nice people. We did that, that worked for the station yeah. at that time, and we got that that famous moment with the with the one calling you. Uh, <laughs> Creepy. That was such a setup. It was not a setup. It was a no, setup. It was not because some of those, some of the 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 women who worked uh, in that in that uh, group were really, you know, I I I got to know them fairly well from a standpoint of just telling me about their lives, and it, there was nothing in that direction at all. And so suddenly this thing comes up, and we had, and she and she wasn't really that good as own girl anyway. What? Now you're wow. Now don't besmirch her. What makes she, a good or bad zone she, girl? She was she just wasn't as uh, energetic, and she she was kind of like a a Janie come lately type, you know. But but uh, are you ninety? Yeah, you're being very mean to her. Janie, but, come lately. But you should have heard this, Austin, because this got to a point where we were teasing Gordon because he was chatting with this particular zone girl for the entire break, and we we're like, Gordon, you're probably creeping this girl out. And Gordon goes, I am not. And then we're we're on the air, and and Gordon goes, Come over here, put on those headphones, put that. Were, were we just talking, or was I creeping you out? And she goes, ah, A little creepy. Oh, <laughs> she saw the moment. for her. She saw the moment. I was like a, a father figure to those guys. A creepy father figure. It was just one of those things where Gordon was so convinced that he was going to prove his point. Like, hey, stop hey, this. Hold stop on this here. nonsense. Hold on. Let's, let's ask her herself. Wow. And if there are any z- totally bad. Hold on here. If there are any former zone girls out there, please call the station right now to set this straight. Give them the number. It's such and such and such and such. <laughs> it's uh, 855-340-ZONE. I hope everyone that calls is just men pretending to be former zone girls. <laughs> 855-340-ZONE. All you former zone girls, please call that number and set this straight. Because I, I genuinely— This isn't going to end well. I, genu- <laughs> I genuinely cared for the welfare of these 
There were certain people at the station who maybe not so much that way. Oh, hey, hey, hey. Why are you slandering everybody? And why are you looking at Jake when you do so? I, hey, yeah, why are you looking at me? <laughs> you were single back then, I think. And was not never oh, inappropriate once. You Absolutely were like not. a shark swimming in around the That lake. is not true, and you take it back right now. Jake's the last person on staff. Now or in the past, that I would think whatever. Thank you, Austin. Thank well, you. Well, we had one. We had one on staff that I wondered about a little bit. I don't know what that was all about, but it's something. But anyway, uh, and so here I am, innocent as can be. I don't think you were. Yes, I was. Not in her eyes. No, I wasn't doing the Chester thing. Uh, no. You asked her on air. But that was that was supposed to be funny. That's like when you asked Lisa how many diapers I'd changed. That was legit. That was she was being funny. Sam Amick is going to join the show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5. <laughs> they're calling in. Look at it. They're calling in. the zone.